<laughs> Hello, and welcome to Spiderwebs, a collection of spooky stories and haunting hearsays. Original tales written by me, the Z, for all of you. While I'm all settled in my new home, it's very, very eerie here. It's very spooky. There's a bunch of pumpkins in the air because you look outside and you see them everywhere. This is going to turn into a poem, I see. So what happens when you got up at quarter to three a.m.? The trees are changing colors of gold. And today I feel very old. I feel aching in my bones. Tonight's story is titled, Sticks and Stones. What's that, skits? Well, as most of you know, I have taken quite a hiatus from spiderwebs. We're right now in the middle of October, and I'm finally building up my stories again. I'm finally writing more. Truth is, is I ran out of stories. Now that I have a new home on the lake, I can type and look out the window and use that for inspiration. I have a nice, creepy lake with fog over it and people coming out of the lake towards the house that remind me that it's feeding time. And they come to the door and they scratch at the windows and they look at me viciously as if this is the last day that I will live. Then the sun comes up and they turn and walk back to the lake. And it inspires me to write stories for you. Tonight's story is titled, Sticks and Stones. Today was a very busy day. My wife had made dinner and headed out to the parent-teacher conference. She's a teacher, and she had to speak to the parents of some of the bad kids that are in her class. Tonight, my neighbor, Miss Witherby, came by to check on me while my wife was gone. Miss Witherby has been like a mother to us, and she's getting up in her 80s now, but always checks in on us from time to time. When she sees my wife's car leave, Miss Witherby always waves from her fence and gives me the okay sign to see if everything is okay, or if I need anything. A real sweetheart. I always get stuck with doing the dishes after eating my wife's baked chicken. It's my fault I asked for the meal that cakes up the baking dish, all up with good wholesome ingredients. The hard part is not trying to scrape off the chicken grease and slathering it all over some toast. That's what brings out the defibrillators. As I'm cleaning up, I look out the window. I love this time of day. 
right when the sun is at its lowest point and everything is a nice soft hue of orange. Sort of sepia tonish, very tranquil. I look to my left and see a little girl playing with some rocks next to my garden shed. It's not the first time I've seen her. I look to the right of my window and I saw another child, a little boy, never seen him before, who was staring at the little girl. And he had a really big rock in his hand. I was a little bit uncomfortable with this picture, so I tapped on the window to get the boy's attention. He looked my way and smiled as if he was consoling me to some degree. He pulled back his arm, looked back over at the little girl playing with those rocks. I dropped my baking dish in the sink and headed for the back door. I opened it in time to see the boy gone and the little girl lying there with a the terrible gash on her head. I tried to look for the boy, but I couldn't see him, so I scooped up the little girl in my arms and ran to Miss Witherby's house. Once I reached the house, I laid the little girl down on the bench swing right by the front door and rang the doorbell furiously. Miss Witherby opened the door. What is it, dear? She muttered. I think this little girl is hurt. What little girl? She was just playing in the garden. As I looked to the bench, she was gone. She was right there, I said as I looked frantically. I looked back at Miss Witherby. Are you all right? You look extremely tired. She was right there. I brought her over because a little boy threw a... I could see in her eyes that she didn't believe me. Looked around a bit. But it was getting darker by the second. Good night, Miss Witherby. She looked at me with sincerity and slowly shut her door. As I walked back to the house, I looked around to see if I could find the little girl somewhere. But nothing. By the time I reached the back door, I saw my wife coming around to the front. I told her about what happened. She thought maybe the child ran home wherever she lived. And I hoped that was true. I was so worried. The next morning, I woke to the face of the little girl imprinted in my mind. I got out of bed and headed to the backyard. It was a bit foggy and I looked around the yard to see if I could find that large rock that the boy had thrown at the girl. I couldn't find anything, no rock, no rocks at my garden where the girl was playing. No blood, nothing. Standing there, I felt a heavy sting in my right knee as a piece of red brick landed at my feet. I looked up to see a little boy standing about 20 feet away from me at the edge of the tree line that separated my yard from Miss Witherby's. My knee was pulsing with pain and I yelled out to the boy, Come here, you! He looked at me and put his hands in the air as if I had a gun pointed at him. I shouted as I got closer to him, Come here! He just glared at me as if I was telling him a joke and he was waiting for the punchline. What the hell is wrong with you? I shouted as he just stood there with his hands in the air. He looked to be about five years old. He looked concerned, yet completely calm. That's when I noticed that he had two rocks in his hands. And before I could block it, he threw those stones at my knees with precision aim as hard as he could. 
never felt so much pain in my life. I fell to the ground almost crying. I heard the pitter-patter of the little boy as he ran over to me and grabbed me by my ear, pulling really hard. He looked deep into my eyes as he seemed to search my soul to learn what pain felt like. That's the only way I could describe the look on his face. He was waiting for me to show my pain to him. Out of anger, I grabbed a large broken limb that was lying next to me on the ground and I swung it at the boy's head. A look of understanding, along with sadness, fell across his face. Slowly, blood trickled down his face as he stuck his hands in his pockets and he slowly turned around. He faced the other way. He kicked one of the rocks that hit my knee earlier and reached down and picked up the other rock that lay next to it. Right before I blacked out, I saw him turn with a very different look on his face. A look of utter rage and contempt. His face was bright white as if all the blood had left his body. His eyes looked dilated and his eyebrows were furled really low. And that's when I felt and heard my head crack. And I passed out. I woke to feel the pain in my legs had decreased, but my head was pounding. Like I had been drinking the night before. Once I focused where I was, I could see Miss Witherby walking towards me with a glass of something. She had laid two pills on the table next to the bed that I was lying on. Take these. They'll make you feel better. And she walked out of the room and closed the door. I must have passed out again, because when I woke up, it was dark out. What about my wife, I thought. I better get home. I looked over to see the clock by the bed. It was 8.45 p.m. I slowly tried to get out of bed, but I couldn't move my legs. They seemed to be held down. I moved the sheets from my bed to see that, that my legs were in splints, and they hurt. I attempted slowly to pull my legs to the floor. One at a time, I accomplished just that. As soon as I gathered my strength, I pushed myself to stand on my own two legs. The pain was immeasurable. That's when I heard the latch to the door. The door opened, but I couldn't turn around to see what was there. Because my legs hurt so much. Mrs. Witherby? Slowly the footsteps came closer to me, and I started to tremble a bit. I thought maybe... Just maybe. Are you okay, dear? Oh, thank you. I'll be fine. Thank you for fixing me up. Not a problem, dear. I slowly and painfully turned around to see a small five-year-old boy standing next to the old lady's body on the floor. The body had the same tree limb sticking out of her back that I had struck the boy with. The boy looked at me with a dead, soulless, sad face. Oh, would you like me to get your wife for you? I just stared back, afraid to answer. 
she would be sleeping now. Sleeping soundly. So soundly. I could see the heavy brass lamp was in reach as the child stepped closer to me. You look a bit sleepy yourself. Wouldn't you like to sleep soundly? As he got closer, I grabbed the lamp. I then saw a rock fly across from the other side of the room and hit the boy in his temple. The boy and I looked over to find the little girl standing in the bedroom doorway. Although I was so happy to see her okay, I looked over at the boy. He looked betrayed and sad. He looked at me and opened his mouth and a small voice whispered, Finally! He cocked his head at me and a huge smile washed upon his face. He placed his hand on his stomach and took a huge bow. When he flung his body upright again, blood splattered across the window drapes. His smile faded, his eyes rolled back into his head, and he collapsed on the floor. I turned back to thank the little girl, but she was gone. And when I looked back at the boy, he was gone too. Just me and poor old Miss Witherby lying dead on the floor. Blood on the drapes, and I could see the flashing blue lights outside the window. I heard the door breaking in the front, the cops busting in and they were charging at me. I fell to the floor as two policemen handcuffed me and dragged me out of the house. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I didn't even know what to think. I didn't have a lawyer, nor did I know where my wife, where my wife. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I think that's enough for right now, Mr. Weatherby. No. Why don't you go back to your room and come back after you get some rest and we'll start again at the point where you said you saw that boy outside the window. No. Come on. Come on, it'll be okay. You just get some rest. Just get some rest. Everything will be okay. It'll all come back to you. Oh, no. Everything will be okay. Do you really think that the life you're leading now is the life that you're living? What if it's all just something you're making up in your head? What if your reality is something being projected into your mind from a doctor's office? Kind of freaky to think about. Kind of makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> so until next time Have a good night All Observinator's music and podcasts Are under the Creative Commons license Which allows retelling and rebroadcasting As long as the author is notified and credited For more great escape pods Please visit www.zerbinator.wordpress.com. If you would like to contact Zerbinatorland, you can send an email to instrumentally at gmail.com or give us a call at 571 408 ZERB or 9372.